Good morning. Good morning, sons and daughters of the Most High God. Let me invite you, if you would, to take your Bible and find the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. We'll begin reading in verse 4. Ephesians 2, verse 4. Ephesians 2, verse 4. It says, But because of his great love for us, that's what we just sang about, his great love for us. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this not as yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I want to answer a question. It's going to take me a few minutes to get to the answer. But the question is, is God ever disappointed in his children? Great answer. Is God ever disappointed in his children? Uh, this week I had the opportunity to minister to three different ministers, and all of them had the same question. I feel like th th they were saying, I feel like God's disappointed in me. I've not done enough. I've not been good enough. I've not worked hard enough. And, and, and it was a lament that they were going through. You know, pastors need pastoring too. And this just happened to be the week for me to encounter these people who are struggling with, I feel like I've disappointed God. And so I want to answer that question, and, and I'll get to it in a minute. When I was six years old, uh, my family and I went to the fair. And it was one of those pop-up fairs, you know, that was put together with little carter pins, you know, clothes pins and, and uh, paper clips. And it was a great time, great time had by all, and... We were leaving the fairgrounds and going back to the car and walking across this giant asphalt parking lot. And at 6, it was already dark. Mom had me in one hand and my younger sister in the other. My older sister was with Dad uh, several feet in front of us walking to the car. And I had a bag of popcorn, <laughs> much like you do right there. That's why we got popcorn this morning, illustration. And I dropped my bag of popcorn. And half of the popcorn just went everywhere right? Well, as a six-year-old, I was inconsolable. It's like, I want my popcorn. So I leaned over and started picking up the pieces of popcorn and putting them back in the bag, right? Popcorn was going home with me. Mom's saying, Jim, leave it there. Jim, leave it there. It's dirty. Leave it there. But I want my popcorn. You know, there's plenty. You've got half a bag left. She tried. Well, a six-year-old, a half a bag is, is not a full bag. So there's a problem, right? And so I'm down there on the ground picking up this popcorn, putting it back in the bag, and I'm crying and carrying on, pitching a six-year-old fit. And Mom says, Jim, we've got to go. Leave it down there. It's dirty. Leave it down there. I wasn't paying attention uh, to what she was saying. I wanted my popcorn. Well, she did what good mothers do. She reached down and grabbed me by the ear <laughs> and said, we're going to the car. And I had two choices. I could be obedient or I could be in pain, right? <laughs> And as a six-year-old, I, I kind of went through that in my brain and thought for about four or five seconds, man, this pain really hurts. She's got me by the ear, and she's taking me to the car. 
She's got a little preschooler on her, on her other arm. She's trying to, you know, the whole thing that moms go through. And <clears throat> so I, I obeyed, but I kept looking back at my popcorn laying on the ground. Have you ever been disappointed yeah. in life? I was greatly disappointed that day as a six-year-old, thinking my world had ended because half my bag of popcorn was in the parking lot. They weren't going home with me. Um, I believe that disappointment is the seed that begins the root of bitterness in our life. I believe when we're disappointed and we don't deal with it correctly, that it can become a root of bitterness in our lives. Now, it's okay to be disappointed. That's a human response to be disappointed. But when we linger with disappointment, it starts to grow and fester. And then we start to blame others. So a couple of things. Uh, the first one is we may be disappointed in people. I was disappointed in my mom that she wouldn't let me pick up that popcorn, <laughs> take it home. I was badly disappointed. But here's the thing that mom knew that I didn't know. That at my house, when I got home, we had Jiffy Pop popcorn. The little pan. Anybody remember doing the pan? <laughs> Did anybody ever catch one on fire? Oh, yeah. Been down there, poof, man, that thing just goes everywhere, right? Sparks, flames, everything. You're trying to dump it in the sink, you know, and turn the water on and smokes everywhere. Because that's back in the day when we didn't have smoke detectors, so they wouldn't even allow beefing going on. Right? What I didn't know in that parking lot was... Mom had Jiffy Pop back home, and she could pop me three bags of popcorn. I didn't understand that. She, she understood that. She understood that it was just popcorn. She also understood that she'd given birth to three kids and had seen us go through all kind of things, tonsils taken out and all that. She understood that popcorn was not as intense as tonsils being taken out or not as intense as scarlet fever or other things. She understood that. I didn't understand that. When we get disappointed in people, we need to realize sometimes they know more than we do. My mama knew a whole lot more than I knew at six, right? But I was disappointed in her because I thought she ought to know these things, but she did know more than I knew. So first off, when you get disappointed in somebody, and listen, people are going to let us down. Pastors will let you down. Plums will let you down. Politicians will let you down. You know, any, any of the P words, right? They're going to let you down, right? When they let you down, just stop and think for a minute and say, maybe they know more than I do. It's a, it's a good assumption. Stand back. Take a breath. Maybe they know something I do, and they just can't tell me all that they know. Or because I'm so immature at this point in my life, at whatever age that is, I'm too immature to understand there's still there's popcorn at the house because I'm still looking at the popcorn on the ground. I'm looking at what I don't have as opposed to what I do have stored in the house. I can't see that. Sometimes when we get disappointed in people, people make mistakes. I have made mistakes in my life. Lots of them. Right? I see those hands. Okay, three of you are with me. All right. rest of you are lying. Okay, you just made a mistake. Right? We've all made mistakes. My, one of my pastors that I served under used to say, Everybody's got problems. Everybody makes mistakes. And it's true. It's true. <coughs> My mistake may look huge to me today, but in reality, it's just popcorn on the asphalt. That didn't make it any less painful for me at my disappointment at what happened. 
So when people make, when people disappoint us, just know that people make mistakes and, and give a little grace. Give a little grace, right? Because people do make mistakes. We make bad decisions. Offer a little grace and say, you know what? People are human. I can't be disappointed in this because people are human. And I'm just going to, I'm going to realize maybe this is just popcorn on the asphalt. Right? I got a whole a lot more life to live. This is just popcorn on the asphalt. So we may be disappointed in people because people will, people will let us down just because we're all human. We all make mistakes. The second thing I would say is you might be disappointed in God. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but have you ever been disappointed in God that he didn't come through for you when you really wanted him to come through for you? And you've been disappointed. Maybe you even got angry with God. Maybe you got mad. Maybe you pitched a fit in front of God, right? Just like I did over my popcorn. Because I didn't understand that the Father was smarter than me and that the Father had more things in his house waiting on me. But I got mad. A couple of guys in the Bible that got mad at God. One was named Jonah, right? God said, Jonah, uh, the people in Nineveh, man, they got a problem over there. And you need to go and, and tell them about me. Jonah said, I'm not going to go tell them about you. And, you know, he hits to ride on a, on a boat and he hits to ride in a fish. And then he went back and preached and did what God told him to do, right? And the people got saved. They followed God. And he went and sat down and said, see, I told you, I knew, I knew, I knew you'd save those people. Yeah. I knew you loved everybody and you were going to save them. I didn't want you to save them. He was disappointed in God and pitched a fit. God made this plant grow over the top of him, and he sat under the shade of it, right? And then the thing died, and he got mad at God and disappointed with God again. Why would you let this plant die? It was my shade, and I was having a good time here. He was disappointed with God. Another guy was disappointed with God. His name was Elijah. Remember Elijah? He had this giant battle with 400 prophets of Baal, the bad guys. Sacrifice their children on the altar. Horrible, horrible religion. And he had this duel on the battle on top of the mountain. Fire came down and consumed the, the sacrifice that he had made. And then he ran. He ran for days like Forrest Gump. Run, Forrest, run. <laughs> run, Elijah, run. And he ran and he sat down and he said, I'm the only prophet left. God, why am I the only prophet left? God said, oh, you don't understand. I got, a, I got thousands stored in caves all around the area. He was disappointed that, in God, even though God had done this great thing in his life. Isn't that interesting how God does a great thing in our life, and, and, a, and a week later, a month later, or a day later, we're disappointed in him? He does a great thing for six years of your life, and then, and then he's silent for six years, and you get disappointed in him? Sometimes we get disappointed in God. And God's big enough for us to take that to him and say, I'm disappointed in this. And if we'll sit still long enough, he'll say, Jim, that's just popcorn on the asphalt. I've, I've got more in my house of that, but I've got more than popcorn for you. I've got something else for you. Because his riches in glory that we just read far exceed the popcorn on the asphalt. That's one of his riches is the popcorn, but there's more than that. (coughs) 
You might be disappointed in people. You might be disappointed in God. However, I want you to know this. God is never, ever disappointed in his children. Let's look at this scripture right here. It says, but because of his great love for us. Now, that's a great sermon right there. We could stop right there, give an invitation, take up an offering, and go home. Because of his great love for us. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. Now, God made us alive. That is, we were born again, we were saved, we, we said yes to Jesus, and the Holy Spirit came in and did a transforming work in our life. It's, it's the Holy Spirit that brings salvation into us. It's Jesus that provides it for us. It's the Holy Spirit that comes and makes it a reality in our life, both past, present, and future. I was saved, I am saved, I am being saved for all eternity, right? Would God give you something, someone, as amazing as the Holy Spirit to live in your life if he was disappointed in you at all? Would he? The answer is no. He would not give us this amazing person, the Holy Spirit, to come live in our life and to guide us day in and day out if he was disappointed in who we are. Right? So, first thing is, the Holy Spirit. The second thing is he gave us Jesus Christ. He made us alive in Jesus Christ. Would he give his son to us if he was disappointed in us? No. He gave his son because he loved us. There's no, there's no disappointment there. He loved us. He said he made us alive in Christ when we were dead in our transgressions. For it is by grace that you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Now, this is one of those mysteries that's kind of hard to understand. But you and I as Christians are present in two places at one time. We are present here. I can see all of you. Right? Millie's here, right here. But Millie also is seated with Christ in heaven. Now, it's a spiritual dimension. Right? We are body, soul, and spirit. Our human spirit has been born again. That's what gets born again when you're saved. Your body doesn't get born again. Your soul doesn't get born again because the body looks the same before and after salvation. The soul tends to act the same way before and salvation, before salvation until it learns to act better, right? But the spirit is transformed completely. We are now a new creation, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17. So, Millie's spirit has been transformed into something brand new so that her spirit is here in her body and her spirit is with Christ in heaven. Now, would God the Father let anybody sit beside him on his throne in heaven if he was disappointed in them? No. No. He's given us a place of honor. Sitting beside someone in this context is a place of honor. Sitting beside the throne. It's a place of honor. God is not disappointed in us. He's honoring us. He's honoring us. And nothing can take that away. Satan can't take that away. No matter what you say or do or how you feel, it can't take that away. Listen, you're not that strong. Right? You're not that strong. You're not that deceitful. You're not that cunning. You're not that crafty to trick God into letting you sit on his throne with him in heavenly realms and he being disappointed in you. you. You're just not that smart. 
There's none of us that smart that can trick God. He knows everything about us, right? Yet he chose to send his son to die for our sins on a cruel cross and to come back to life again so that we can have life within us. He said he see this with Christ in order that, here's the reason, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Look at that. The riches. The Father has more at his house than I have laying on the asphalt. The Father has all these riches waiting for me in his house. He's saying, come to my house and I'll show you all the riches. Well, that's where we are in, spirit, in the spirit realm. We're seated with him in his house. If God were disappointed in you, you would never enter his house. You get that right. In Christ Jesus, God is never disappointed in us. He wants to show us the riches of his grace expressed in kindness to us. We often think God wants to express himself in anger to us. Isn't that what we think? God's an angry God. And, and what you hear a lot, a lot of sermons about God's an angry God. It says right there he wants to express himself through his kindness to us. We know what it says. Remember our two by four? Romans 2 by 4, Romans 2 verse 4. It's his what? It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's not a 2 by 4, right? We often think God hit me with a 2 by 4. That's wrong theology. Romans 2, 4 says it is God's kindness that leads us towards repentance. It's God's kindness here that he wants to demonstrate to us. Now, if God were disappointed, would he be demonstrating his kindness to us? He put us in the doghouse, right? I'm disappointed to go to the doghouse. Right? He would grab us by the ear and say, come on, you come with me, right? No, 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 no. God says he wants to express his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Now, circle that word in in your Bible, I-N. Circle that word in in your Bible. It's an amazing word. If you go to John 14, right, John 14, verse 20, Jesus says, I am in the Father, the Father is in me, and I am in you. Once again, another mystery. It's a cool mystery, though. I'm in the Father, the Father's in me, and I am in you. Here's the beauty of, here's the beauty of, of uh, Noel. Here's the beauty of, of Jesus coming. Here's the beauty of Christmas, whatever word you want to use, right? The beauty is this, is when we are born again, we're placed inside Christ. Jesus said in John 14, 20, I'm in the Father, the Father's in me, and you're in me, and I'm in you, you, you. He uses that word in over and over again, and it's, and it's used several more times in John chapters 14, 15, 16, We are in Christ. Now, here's the question for you. Was the Father ever disappointed in his son Jesus? I'm going to ask it three times. Was the Father ever disappointed in His Son, Jesus? No. Was the Heavenly Father ever disappointed in His Son, Jesus? No. No. Right? Why? Because Jesus lived a perfect life, right? We know that. And we know before Jesus even started His ministry, a voice from heaven came down and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I love and whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. That's what it says in Scripture. Jesus had already pleased his father before he ever began his ministry. 
He was already well-pleasing to the Father. The Father was never disappointed in Jesus. Okay, so here's the bottom line. If you're in Christ, can you ever disappoint God? Thank you, Millie. If you're in Christ, if you're hidden in Christ, if you're hidden in Christ, can you ever disappoint God? Because you're hidden in Christ, all the Father can see is Christ. Let that sink in a minute. All the Father can see is Christ. We're in Christ. You'll never, you'll never disappoint your Heavenly Father, ever, if you're in Christ. It's impossible. Jesus is not going to let you disappoint the Father. He's got it covered because we're in Christ. There's absolutely nothing you can do to disappoint the Father in heaven if you're in Christ. Now, that's a really deep truth. It's a really profound truth. If you're walking around today, right now, this moment, thinking you disappointed the Father, it's impossible. It's impossible to disappoint the Father if you're in Christ because all the Father sees is Christ. All the Father sees is Christ. All the Father sees is Christ. Amen? You can never disappoint the Father if you're hidden in Jesus. Jesus never let the Father down. Jesus will never let us down because we're hidden in Him. We're hidden in Him for all eternity. You know, uh, the rest of the story of the popcorn is when we got home, Mom got out the Jeepy Pop and popped me some popcorn and we sat around the table and I finished eating that popcorn. And that was some of the best popcorn I've ever had in my life. And I wasn't disappointed anymore. The Father wants you to know this morning, there's more, there's more than popcorn to your life. But if that's what you need, He's got it in heavenly places. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive unto myself that where I am, you may be also. And Thomas looked at him and said, well, show us the way. Where is the way to this place? And Jesus said, how long have I been with you? He said, I am the way, the truth. No way. Yes. So, if you run into somebody this Christmas season who is disappointed in themselves, disappointed in someone else because they didn't perform like they thought they should, disappointed in life, feel like they disappointed God, share this truth with them that when you're in Christ Jesus, you can never disappoint the Father because you're hidden in Christ. All that you do is still hidden in Christ, never to be exposed to anybody. It's hidden in Christ. You can never disappoint God if you're in Christ, ever. Isn't that beautiful? That's the good news, right? That's Noel. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this good news, this amazing news. I thank you that you allow us to participate in this amazing news.
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for making a way through your death on the cross. Thank you, Jesus. What an amazing gift to give your life for us. Thank you. And thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing this truth home to our hearts. Holy Spirit, I just pray you would work on us all week long with this truth that we're hidden in Christ, that we're not a disappointment. We're not, we're not a disaster to God. We are a delight to our Father. Always have been, always will be. Help us to live that way. Help us to lead others to live that way in the delight of the Father. Holy Spirit, as we come now to take communion, just ask that you challenge our hearts. Help us to see this truth more clearly. Father, help us to confess where we're disappointed in ourselves and others and you. Help us to root that out of our lives and not live in that bitterness. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way with us as we take this communion. Let it, let it really speak to us. About what Christmas is about, what Jesus is about, what Emmanuel means, God with us. And not only with us, but in us, and us in Him. Sink that truth deep into our hearts this morning. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.